This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo and Partners in Crime, John Crane and Jared Timms. We're here to discuss all things angels and, well, guys, it's all ugly right now. All ugly. But we'll try and be optimistic for it, we promise. I'll start with John. How you doing, bud? I'm here. I was the tug. Yeah, I ran a little late today, but I'm here. And I'm going to the game tomorrow night. Going to get me a Trout uh, Anaheim Ducks bobblehead. Good Lord. And my wife has been uh, confirmed to attend with me, so I guess my wife get, will be with me, too. At least, at least you get a date night, man. At hey, least you get a date night. Get, get, I just was – I just can I clarify something before we can go sure. on to Jared? Were you the one who said you're a Kings fan, you don't want that bobblehead? Or was that him? I said that. Yeah. And I stand uh, by it. Oh, you go. Okay, just just clarifying it. You heard I mean, it, Jared. <laughs> you did you did put me up on a Tawny one though, right? Yeah, I know. I need to put it in the mail. I, I have it. It's sitting downstairs. I, I just I, you know, I look at it and I forget that I haven't sent it to you. I'm wondering why it's sitting down there. I will. <laughs> yeah. I I'd like try to put some more stuff together, but I guess I can send it to you maybe this weekend. I got I gotta get my wife on that. You know, you really should be talking to my wife. She'd she'd expedite it a lot she, quicker. Than your I wife is on things, man. You have yourself an awesome wife. Jared, uh, you need to take notes right here on awesome wives. <laughs> I'm serious. The sooner or later you're going to meet somebody, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's a, yeah. My life is a train wreck without my wife. <laughs> at least you admit it. Oh, at least you admit it as often as I can. <laughs> I'm just saying. I hear, I, I hear your wife's coming in pretty handy at these days too. Though. Oh, you know <laughs> what? Just wait till surgery comes around. Wait till surgery. So, in case anybody here. Uh, this doesn't know. I was uh, finally got my diagnosis in as torny CL. I'll be having surgery. Lord knows when. Probably. I mean, I'm trying to wait till Thanksgiving, but it means that Jared and John are in charge of the podcast while I'm gone. Oh, Lord, we're in trouble. Jared, comfort me here, man. One, how you doing? But comfort me. You're just gonna be all right, right? It's gonna be okay. It'll be okay because, I mean, it's almost off-season, so I guess, you know, we won't have too much to talk about. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully we do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you don't have too much to worry about, you know? Um, <laughs> just, to, just to throw it out, hey, you don't have too much to worry about, maybe a little bit, but uh, not too much. Um, and then uh, I, I'm, I'll throw it out there now. I'm a Ducks fan, so I'm sorry, Derek, about that. <laughs> Go Ducks. Well, you're going um, to get the, the bobblehead then, right? I, I'm, I'm trying to go tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, but I'm trying to go tomorrow. Um, and then on top of that, I've actually, I, I don't know. I, not too many people know this. I guess I've had a girlfriend for eight years. Well, seven oh, and a half. So we'll, we'll, we'll eight years in October. Yeah. So 
as mm-hmm. young as I am, you know, we've been together for eight years. Yeah. So, right? I mean, eight years, you know, you got to put a ring on her or what? <laughs> uh, uh, okay, uh, Beyonce. On the spot. Be, I guess it's to be determined. <laughs> yeah, on the spot is right. Let's, let's start sp- talking Angels baseball, huh? Okay. Hey, Darren. Hey, Darren. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jared. 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 Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, De- uh, when Derek's gone, I think this we could potentially, like, you know, maybe segue into Tom Brady, Anaheim Ducks talk for, you know. <laughs> oh, dude, stop it. Oh, stop maybe it. Tom Brady will be breaking some records. Um, <laughs> maybe the Ducks will be doing some good things. Uh, we, we can probably talk that. I don't know how yeah, that. yeah, I got, I got that. <laughs> okay, hey, you want to talk some angels, Derek? I was thinking, so before we do, we just want to ask folks to head on over to iTunes, or Apple Music Now, subscribe, anywhere else with some podcasts as well. We would really appreciate a nice five-star review if you think we're doing a good job. And if you happen to think we have some ways to go, we really appreciate some feedback from you. If so, send us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Give us that feedback. If you're a new listener as well, we would really appreciate you just sharing the show out. Take some tweet, take uh, a text to some, send a text to somebody or make a phone call as Angels fan. Just say, hey, I got this new podcast. I really like them. Check it out. I mean, I'm really proud of the way our listeners has grown since we started the podcast and that in no part is really me. That's John being the proactive guy that he is and meeting fans at the stadium and sharing out the podcast. And we really appreciate you all of you as well just sharing us out. It's a big deal to us. Okay? Um, in terms of discussion, though, there's a lot going on. I titled this, this podcast as, as doom and gloom as it sounds. The Angels' nightmare season continues. We've lost a player. Um, geez, we've... we've <laughs> We've seen players going out injured. Now Mike Trout's been out. We've now seen Canberra Drogen shut down for this season. We've seen Mr. Pena uh, tear his ACL. I understand his pain. And then now we get word today that Shohei Otani is hurt. I'm going to, just because I want to pick on Jared a little bit. Jared, what's the injury? Uh, something with his knee. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, you, you put me on the spot here on this one. Um, I, gotcha. I I read. I did read up on it though. It's it has to do with his kneecap. I believe almost being in almost like two pieces. It's nothing that happened. Like it's not like the Yelich injury where he got hit or anything like that. It was something that he was born with, um, or it happened at a young age. And you know, I just um, the, the, it's believed that once a it gets fixed. You don't have to worry about it anymore, but it has been, you know, kind of bothering him, I guess, um, with his rehab this year. So, you know, there, there's that. I, it's a good time, I guess, to shut him down, uh, get him ready for spring training and everything. Um, funny thing, I believe what was reported was that he need that he needed surgery yesterday, um, and then he ended up going and hitting a home run, just like when they said that he needed Tommy John surgery, hitting up and hitting too. So. Uh, good note to put a, I mean, to end the season on, you hit a home run and go ahead and go grab yourself some knee surgery, you know? I, th- I think the, the word you're looking for, Derek, is bipart, by a biparty patella in his bipartite left Bipartite patella, what it is, is basically you have, instead of your normal two bones, I mean, it's one bone, you have two bones, and the, it, what happens is as you get into your childhood age, it should, that bone should all mend together and become one bone. In this case, it doesn't. It doesn't. Most people don't even know they have it. Instead, what they have is this injury. They have something else going on. They're getting some kind of pain. They have, you know, maybe they strain something. They sprain something. They look. Oh, look at this. This this bone isn't right. This. Oh, this is what he has. So it's very rarely ever diagnosed on its own. And in this case, eight to twelve weeks that Shohei is going to be out. I'm going to say this flat out. If he's been on a throwing schedule this whole time and he's supposed to be completely released by, like, December for pitching. I do not see how this doesn't affect I know everybody's saying it does affect this. It won't affect him coming back as a pitcher. I don't see how it's possible. If you're shut down for 8 to 12 weeks because you've got a busted knee, how are you pitching? How are you working that arm back in the shape? How are you doing all the things you should be doing in the offseason to be prepared? I don't see how this does not affect him heading the spring training. Jared, maybe you can explain a little more. You've you, you spent some time out there with players and, and seen them rehab. Maybe you got an idea of, of how rehab would work in this situation. Maybe. Yeah, so um, with that, they said he should be throwing again in about, uh, I believe it was about three weeks, you know, kind of working it out. And I don't know, not probably not throwing, but working out um, the arm in about three weeks or so. And then 
throw back on his throwing program by December, which, uh, I mean, that kind of lines you up with about where you want to be. Um, I know once the season's over and, you know, this, it's a long season for baseball, players tend to take a little bit of time off, you know, just to rest. And then, you know, they'll get themselves working back into it. Um, so I, I honestly, I'm not too worried. Uh, they think he's going to be ready to go by spring training. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he's ready to go by spring training. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, I mean, I'm not all that worried. It, it may set him back a little bit, you know, um, but I don't think it's going to set him back too much. So. Well, I'll just say from the fans' perspective, because a guy asked me when I posted it on our uh, Talking Halos group page, uh, you know, he said, and it's a totally valid point. I have no problem with what he said. He said he'll be ready by January. It's not a huge deal, basically what uh, Jared just said, too. But in this season, it's been this season. You know, he's one of the bright spots to me. When I'm at the game tomorrow, I look forward to seeing him walk up and bat. I look forward. You know, th- thank heavens, uh, I, Trout should be back tomorrow. Um, but you know, at this point we're, we're looking for bright spots and he was one of them. So we've lost that bright spot for the rest of the season. Um, so that's just disappointing for the fans perspective, but long-term I don't, I guess I'm not really that concerned. Well, I mean, I am concerned because to me, a knee injury, I mean, this, that should be a time when you are resting your body up from the season. You should just be getting, you know, getting everything back in shape I know I just it doesn't feel right to me in terms of the way it's timing out. Okay. He should be resting from the season, gearing up for the new season. I know the arm will be on time at that point. What about the rest of his body? Because it's not just your arm you need to be in shape to be a pitcher in this league. You need to have everything in shape. And that knee's that knee's gonna be weak, man. It's gonna be weak. I'm looking at, you know, a a that's much more much more major than that. From what I understand, but eight to twelve weeks is no, it's not. I'm when I'm out, I'm four to six, man. He's gonna be eight to twelve. That's just to, to being normal workouts. You know, I don't know. I'm not an athlete, though. I don't know. Well, it's it's not like he's he's only been batting this whole this whole year. I know, and I know there's a strain on it. Everybody's so. I mean, I know it's when Sosha used to frustrate me. I know that there's a strain. You know, that it's, it just looks like he comes up and bats four times. But and I, I understand what you're. I guess if you're envisioning him being the opening day starter, which I guess in a perfect world that would be actually nice, unless we get Garrett Cole, or and some other uh, treats in the off season, which uh, so. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about baseball, about this stuff to even – I just look at he's out 8 to 12 weeks, and and I'm looking forward to him being back next year. All right. So I guess we'll see. I, I'm nervous about it. But there are other things going on. We know Cam Bedrosian has been shut down as well. That is a big concern if you are someone who's enjoyed the fact that he – but he had a bit of a comeback season now. The the wear and tear on the, on the – well, the wear and tear on the bullpen has come back to haunt him. That's just the reality of it, and unfortunately, he's gone gone now for the year. We also now know that who else is injured here? Well, Mike Trout, his injury, he's back Friday, correct? Yeah, uh, he's supposed to be back Friday, yes. So we'll see about that. Any, any other injuries I'm missing? Because I feel like I, there's like 50 of them right now. Justin Upton, I think. Oh, right? yes, the Upton MRI. Already? I if you know what honestly all these veterans who are hurting I'd shut them all down, quite frankly. Shut them all down. Play these minor leaguers; they're already up. They're not getting me a bat. Play them. That's my opinion. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Another news: uh, you had an article in there, John, on Simba Simba Simmons. You sent it over for today. He's wrapping up this season and. He's getting into a contract here. How do you guys feel about him next year um, looking for an extension? I'm. I. I think it's. I think he's one of the. You know, a gem at defensive uh, uh, shortstop. I think signing him should be a priority. Um, it's just that I mean I just I don't envision this team without him. I I, I saw that article and real and that's what pointed out to me that he is in a contract season this next season. I think the Angels will make it a priority. I honestly don't see him leaving, but 
I don't know. Maybe Jared has a different opinion. I, I'm with you. I don't think he leaves. I think he wants to stay in Anaheim. I, you know, I think that people or players see what's going on here, and I think you know players want to stay as best. I mean, we saw Cole come out and say it. Um, Simmons has said Simmons said it uh, at the beginning of the year after Trout got his extension. Um, you know that he'd like an extension as well. So I, I think he stays. You look at you know how, how many other shortstops in the league. I mean, granted. Simmons is, you know, getting a little older, I guess. You know, he's 30, 31, now, or 31 next year. Um, sat an injury-prone year. So that's, I think, the, that's contributed to the amount, of, you know, his hitting being down. Uh, his defensive numbers are there, which is where he makes, you know, that's his bread and butter. That's what he does best. He's one of the, if not the best defenders in baseball and probably will go down as one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. Um, so, I mean, how many guys out there are really, are you going to bring in and, okay, you can say David Fletcher, you can say Luis or Nifo, you can, you know, you can say those guys all, all you want, but who, there's not another, you know, Andrew and Simmons. There's not very many Andrew and Simmons out there, especially at the price that you're probably going to be able to get them for. Um, you just, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to do that, you know? So, um, am I worried about the age you know, a little bit. Yeah, I think you know regression is gonna is gonna happen. Um, it's happen. It happens with everybody as they age. Um, so I, I am a little worried about that. But I do think that it at the end of the day, it's it's definitely gonna be worth it. Especially since, in my opinion, the Angels really don't have a a prospect that can play. You know, can start every day at shortstop for you, and, and unless your name's Kyron Paris, and he's down in he played what 15, I think fifteen, maybe twenty games in rookie ball this year. So, I mean, I, I don't know if the Angels are really looking for a shortstop, and I don't think that needs to be on their list of things to look for, especially if you extend Simmons. So, I, I just go ahead. I I look at that and I go, your your thoughts are accurate if it's if it's three four years ago. Now it's not the same when his when his contract's up. He's he's on the other side of thirty. He's on the, you know, he's in the point now where the Angels are, are putting towards a youth movement, and he's a guy who was hurt a lot this year. This is, that matters, man. That matters in terms of, yes, when he's healthy, he's one of the, if not the best defensive shortstop in the league, but he hasn't been. So you're just saying, well, a day, an everyday shortstop, well, he has not been an everyday shortstop this year. Now, I'm not even, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Just be outright. Okay, I'm I'm not saying I even agree with what I'm saying, but the other side can say this. You know, he it is time to let him go, get a young guy you have under control in there, and see what they can do. You can move Dale Fletcher shortstop. You can put Renihifo at shortstop. So they may not be as good as he is, but they are younger. They're going to be cheaper. I know you think Simba's going to be cheap, and he probably will be cheap, but. On the flip side of it, if you're going to be looking towards paying pitchers and paying other contracts out, he would be a cheaper option. But I think he wants to stay. And, you know, in that article it referenced several other, you know, Ozzie Smith that was talking about Cal Ripken Jr., all the ones who played uh, into, you know, to their 40s. Um, and the thing with him is, and I'm just as a fan guy, now this is the fan perspective for me, because you see a lot of uh, activity on uh, a lot of uh, commentary on him saying don't resign him. Defense is just so hard to, I mean, when you see a great play, you go, ah, it's a great play. Oh my. But it's it doesn't carry into the headlines. It doesn't. So I don't think a lot of fans realize the true value of him because um, they look at just his, his offense, which is not. You know, Angels, comparatively speaking, is not bad at all for a shortstop. But um, his defense is just, I just don't think it, it translates to fans, which is why they call for potentially not signing him. Yeah, yeah. For for me, well, defense, I, there's four spots that I really like want defense, and that's, you know, up the middle. You want a good defensive center fielder because he's going to cover the most ground for you. You want a good defensive shortstop. You want a you know good defensive second baseman as well. It doesn't have to be you know crazy. It doesn't have to be Andrew and Simmons. It doesn't have to be Ozzie Smith up the middle. But you want to you know you want a good second baseman and then you want a good defensive catcher as well. You know those are the those are the positions where I mean offense for me 
doesn't matter all that much. I mean, you look at a guy, I mean, like, yes, you want offense, you know, you, but you can definitely, you can hide better offensive players and hide is in quotations right now because I don't think you can really hide anybody anywhere at the major league level. But you can, like Matt Thice, you can put him at third base um, and he can be a below average third defensive third baseman. And if he's hypothetically dropping 30 bombs and he's has, you know, a a 130 140 wrc plus he's going to be an everyday third baseman and one of the best third basements in the league so uh, that, that's just my opinion on defense well, there uh just real quick jared do you think that there'll be a good defensive center fielder available this offseason <laughs> no no i guess we'll stick i don't think so stick with the guy we have i guess huh <laughs> yeah I, I think we'll be okay in center field this year I think we'll be okay. I don't think we need a center fielder for any anytime soon. Hopefully, yeah. Go ahead, Derek. Sorry, just my little. No, I was I. <laughs> I harbor a lot of doubts concerning the the viability of Simmons long term out there, based on what we're starting. I mean, I, to me, it looks like he's starting to break down. That's what it looks like to me, and I'm not saying that is the case. You're not going to see me jumping on this major. Major thing, okay. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm not trying to go off and be the troll on Twitter who's trashing every Angels player. They they don't want to win. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I have doubts based on what I saw this season. You know, you started hitting the age towards 30, and a lot of players can stay through their prime through 30, 31, 32. I don't know if you're already having leg issues. That's my concern. Once you have those leg issues, things change, right? It's mm-hmm. not really ever the upper body, it's the lower body. That speed that he's always had to get there defensively, that can be gone in a heartbeat. And it starts in the legs. We saw it with Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols, his problems began the legs. This is why he's not hitting 300 anymore isn't the fact that he doesn't have the power behind his swings. It's the fact he, he can't bend like he used to bend. I'm worried about, I'm worried about that with Trump, too. Not Trump, geez, not Trump. Trout. I'm <laughs> worried about the trout. Same kind of thing. Once you get over the age 30, 31, that's when age will catch up to you or can catch up to you. And we have very few players can keep playing high-level baseball going 32, 33, 34. So you're going to talk about an extension for Simmons going yeah, age 31. How many years are you going to put into that? How many years are you willing to say, okay, let's go for it? That's what I'm concerned with. Years. What are you doing with the years? I mean, for me, it's it's five. It's going to be. I'd 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 put five years on it. Um, and you get three three good three more you know elite years at shortstop out of him. Uh, anything after that is you know a bonus. And is, is Simmons a bad option at maybe third base or second base? I, I mean, it, that that's what I'm looking at. Maybe I mean at his age 34, I still think he's a shortstop. I don't think. I mean, you look at some of the all-time great you know defensive. Um, shortstops I, I don't you know they just you don't they don't regress it, it, it's a regression thing i mean everybody does, regresses differently you know i mean uh albert Pujols, mike trout everybody's gonna regress differently um so it's it's kind of one of those things where you know if you get another three four good years out of simmons and then you know he has to play third base for a year or two is that that bad of a thing maybe i don't i don't know you know it's it's, well, it's a thing that you got to look at down the road well, let me ask you this. Okay, so so we got Fletcher at third, and Fletcher needs to play, in my opinion. That he's solid. Then you got Thais. So where? So if we did resign him, one of those two, where do one of those two go? And then you got Renhifo. So there's an odd man out. For me, and I, I've said it since the beginning. If if David Fletcher is starting for this Angels team. They're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, that's you. As good as he's been, as good as as good as he's been, as good as he's been, he's been a great player. And I know everybody's going to hate me for saying that. Ouch! Yeah, my wife already hates you. That's it. I know he's such (laughs) he's such a good prototypical role player, utility guy. Meiser is a tourist. I mean, if you play him, not saying that he shouldn't play every day, but I mean, if you were to play four days a week or you can you know rest your guys a little bit more that's that's perfect oh. he can play left field he can play third base he can play shortstop and he can play second base that's that's exactly what you're looking for out of a really good utility player and i uh, think you know Dave, like that for, for me that that's 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 where i'm at i mean man. if Pozart's healthy and plays i i you know and and Listella's healthy and plays and i think Ren, renifo is a better is still uh, down the road still going to be a better option than fletcher 
Uh, I, I mean, just in my opinion, I know he's proven me wrong so many times. Is and he's proven so many of us wrong, actually. So many Fletcher. It just, I, 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 that's that's where I stand. I think I'll I think I'll stand there until, you know, until he. You're going to die on the hill. So you're, gonna, you're saying yeah, you're going to die on that hill. I think I think I will. I think I will. Jared, you, hot take alert. Hot take oh alert. Oh my gosh, I, John. <laughs> You know what, John? I normally just kind of just jump in there, dude. You go for it, man. No, no, no. no. I already said my point. I already said I, I oh. love David Fletcher. I think David Fletcher is part of the, you know, just a smaller heartbeat of this team. And he's Jared. just such a a gritty player who's, uh, yeah, no, I love right, David Fletcher. Let me ask this question. Jared, what is, what is Fletcher hitting? Uh, David Fletcher is hitting two... Uh, is he a two ninety something? I believe uh, as an everyday player, 290, right? 290, 290 on the dot as an everyday player. As an everyday player, this year. Yes. Okay. When you're hitting about two forty as a league right now, two forty, two fifty. That's your average. Yes. You don't sit a two ninety everyday player. He's not a role player. Uh, no, no, play. no. I I agree. This year he's been. He, this year he's been better. And like I said, he proves me wrong every every single time he goes out there. He proves me wrong and. He's proven a lot of a lot of people wrong in that aspect, but I, I still think you know that he is a very very good role player at for the Angels in the coming years. I don't I don't envision him starting. I mean, look at the depth. It's it's a depth thing too for me. I mean, you look at the depth that is coming along with it, and um, even even next year, if you get Tommy Lastella back, who who are you starting? Tommy Lastella or David Fletcher or uh, Luis Renifo? I mean, it's 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 a it's a coin toss. I mean. For me, I, I think that a healthy Cozart that would produce, an, or a healthy Lestella that the first half, you might play those two over Fletcher. But I mean, obviously, that's way down the road. That's that's if they're healthy. That's if they're on the team. I mean, so many things could happen. So you have so much more minor league, you know, knowledge and, and on these play, on these these rookies that you're referring to, the Renhefos long term. And I mean, yeah, I, it's just I just it's the eye test right now. I'm looking at Fletcher. He's our second leading batter. Uh, he's a point point behind Trout right now in batting average uh, on a team that, at least since I've been going to games, has been for many years has been historically anemic at the bat as far as batting averages. But uh, I just love the guy. So I mean, I guess part of it's emotional for me too. Um, so, well, okay, fanboy John, you, you, you doesn't mean your phones aren't valid on this, okay? But here's here here's where I. Am concerned, and where I'm concerned is this: you got a 290 everyday hitter. You can't, you cannot keep him at third base. He's not a third base bat. All right, he's just not. You need a third baseman who can hit. You need that's where you need that prototypical kind of player. Hopefully, Matt Tice can develop into that. So, a couple things either happen: either at some point here, you're trading. Renhefo or Fletcher or one of these guys, or you do let Simmons go and you put Fletcher at short, or you flip him and put Fletcher at second, or you put you know flip and Renhefo over at short. short. That's that would be the logical thing for me to do. That you know Renhefo to me is still developing as a defensive defensive player where you have a whiz in in Simmons and I I see the love for Simmons here. But a five-year deal. How old will he be if he signs that extension? Thirty-six at the end of it. So thirty-one, thirty-six. What kind of money do you think he gets from that? I've always said five for about sixty to seventy million, which you're looking at ten to ten to fifteen a year. I mean. That's not worth it, man. Making, it's about what he's making. About what he's making now. It's not worth it now. It's, you got to remember, all those contracts are backloaded. They're backloaded. So you know how be, how baseball does. They don't front-load contracts. By the time it gets to him being 36, you have not as bad of Pujol situation, but it's there. I mean, it's it's on the higher end for a guy at age 36 who isn't going to hit for a whole lot of power. He is going to be slowing down some. You. I jeez, I hate, I hate even having this conversation. But when you're when you're talking about trying to build around a young core, 
there might be a problem there. Now, maybe another option would be see what you can get for Simba, by the way. Don't well, I don't th- – I don't think you are you talking about trading him during the season, during next season, or before next season, or because I mean, if if we're going all in, I don't know if we're the, you would say necessarily all in, but we're going in all in to be competitive. Uh, you know, getting rid of Simba and replacing him with Renhifo uh, just doesn't have the pass the. I mean, I, maybe long term it's a better deal, but it just doesn't pass the flash test or whatever. You know, the ooh. So we just got rid of our staple shortstop, a defensive uh, gem of a shortstop, and uh, we're going all in. But I don't know. I just don't buy it. As as a fan base, I mean, everybody's saying take a risk. Why? I mean, what's what's a risk at ten to fifteen million dollars on a guy that you know is going to produce and has produced for you in the past? Yes, I know age is a factor. That's always going to be the factor. Um, but I mean, it's it's just kind of one of those risks that you're going to have to take, and you hope that this now you know works out for you. I, I, and same thing with the Upton. I think Upton still works out. I mean, I think he has a good year if he's healthy all this year. I think the knee bothered him i think the toe bothered him a lot this year and you know but uh i mean that, that's just my two cents on it. and also yeah, yes you don't know that he's going to produce at 36 you know he can produce last year and the year before and the year before but he has not produced the way he'd like to produce this year my concern would be his body breaking down which happens it's part of getting older and part of you know hitting 30 and plus and some people last longer but you've seen the plays he's made, and he's he's beat himself up some. You know, it's not that easy. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, but you can say the same thing about Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole throws 100 miles an hour every fifth, sixth day of the of the year of the day of the week, and uh, hasn't had an arm injury yet. And you're going to pay him, you know, twice as much money to go out and, and pitch until he's 36, 37, 38 for your team i mean uh, yes he's been better than simmons but i mean it's kind of you know the the same type of concept for me so you got to take risk you got to figure out where you want to take risks and you got to hope that you hit on those risks another thing too that i just think when now this is uh you know you re-sign anderson simmons now we have a log jam we still, I mean, uh, you know, are we, I, I get, that was a question I was going to ask tonight when you said Q&A, but I don't want to change the subject too dramatically. But, I mean, are we going to have Cole, Cal, Cole Calhoun back? Are we going to have Goodwin? I mean, where, where, and then, yeah, because some of these players uh, that we're referring to, don't you think you could put like a, a Matt Thice or even a David Fletcher out into the outfield? Uh, but if you got Cole Calhoun, you got Goodwin, you got Anderson Simmons. I mean, at some point, I guess, do we have trade assets? Is that what we have? Or do we just have incredible you're talk- depth? You're talking about a good problem to have. Or, yeah, a good problem to have. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's not about I, – I would much rather dip into my AAA farm system and pull up a Matt Thice or a Taylor Ward or a Luis Renifo or somebody like that rather than go and try to find somebody that just got DFA'd from a team. 100%. So you have you you're talking about a good problem to have. <laughs> All right, so well, I, obviously we're going to come back to this conversation again. I'm sure it'll happen. You know, we'll we'll get more and more details, but we promised a Q and A. So before we get there, we are looking for sponsors, especially as we head into the off season. We keep talking some hot stove with you. Reach out to us if you're interested. It's talkinghalos at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing, we'll help us get the lights on. Especially Jared. You know, Jared's a bachelor for now. Get help keep the lights on. Maybe help pay, get this guy a ring for his future wife. We gotta harass him on this a little bit. Okay, you can also leave us a voicemail at six five seven six 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 five four five three. And before we move on one step further, we do want to go ahead and give a shout out to one of our fellow partners here at Big Heads Media. Check out this promo. All right, the Q and A. Here we go, folks. From Angels Dugout at Angels. I, I figured I would start with this one. I had a question. But I'm injured. My index finger while typing, and now I have to be an index cropopsy. I can't even say it right. Sergi, I will be out for the remainder of the season. Ha, ha. I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, <laughs> that was didn't even. So from Mickey Mix, he says, given the the amount of fan backlash this season, do you think Artie spends a little more this off season? Does he stick with the plan of having roughly 160 million opening day payroll? Have, have they been listening to our podcast? Probably not. But yeah. go ahead, John. Go for it. 
I, I, I don't know that he's going to spend Dodger money, but we're spending money this off season. We're spending money for full sure. You can write it. You can write it in stone. Well, I'm sorry. Actually, technically, I should say we're going to try to spend money. We can't force Garrett Cole to sign a contract if he wants to go somewhere else. Uh, so I mean, but we are definitely going hard after some premier pitchers available. That I can assure you, and a catcher. But maybe David Fletcher could play catcher. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. What do you think of that, Jared? Huh? Fletcher catching is very interesting. I heard that wasn't he like the wasn't he the emergency backup a couple games? I believe. Uh, oh really? So the, yeah, I, I believe that's what I, I've heard before. So it's definitely interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if that'll ever happen. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give you one hashtag on that, and hopefully it gets trending at some point. I doubt it will. Hashtag spend early, spend often. That's that's the name of the game this off season. I've said it said it last podcast. I think I'm I'll continue to say it into the. Uh, into the off season, and it's it, once a once free agency starts, that's the Angels will be rumored with every single starting pitcher available, a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, it, it spend early, spend off often. I'm gonna go. They are spending, folks. This is the off season. They spend. They're gonna go hard after Garrett Cole. I don't know if they land him. I get tired of the folks saying that. Well, basically acting like belly up or can't close just because they don't land the big fish. There's going to be 15 other teams going after, going after him. You don't know. Nobody knows what his motivations will be. So we'll see. But no matter what, and he is going to spend – I think he knows. I think he knows the job's in the line. I think he knows that he's had his five years to get this thing going. Now he's got to do something. It's becoming pretty clear to me. I'm thinking – two starters and a catcher, and I wouldn't be shocked if they pull in a bat if they can find one as well. So that's where I'm going. I'm sticking to it. The next question, and this, one's, this one is not going to be good, man. I know, like I see already, John's not going to like this one. We got two from, from Deron Act. Deron Swanson at Halos and Clips. He says, looking at Otani's career, including Japan, is he injury-prone? John. What you got? Well, it's hard to say he's not, but actually the only injury that he's had, well, now this. So he's had two injuries of significance. One, everybody who bid on him knew he already had that when he came over here. So that was common knowledge. Um, Hopefully we're going to, and that's now done, or at least rehabbing out of it. Uh, This second one is another one that's, a kind of it's not an injury on the field it's a condition so i mean next year will really tell us if he can make it through a whole year uh you know staying reasonably healthy uh i think we're fine i mean i don't think he had maybe jared knows i don't think he had injury issues in japan i don't uh, you know i i just became aware of him when he hit the sweepstakes so um I don't know. I, 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 you can't say these are injuries. I mean, this isn't Tommy Listella getting his leg broken. This is him having one issue that we knew needed surgery, and now this issue, which has nothing to do with baseball. I think it's a little more than that, John. I mean, he did have some issues in Japan. And a lot of that stuff gets solved, we think, with Tommy John surgery, but we don't know for sure. The, the patellar injury, yeah, that's congenital. But it doesn't mean that it won't affect the rest of his body. Uh, Jerry, what do you think? I mean, is Tommy John injury prone? I mean, if you're throwing a hundred some miles an hour with how disgusting he was, then yes, I guess you are injury prone in a way. I mean, God blessed you with the ability to throw a ball a hundred to a hundred and two miles an hour and be disgusting from sixty feet six inches away, and uh, then you tore something in your elbow. So. I guess, yes, uh, again, with the knee injury he had, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, so I guess two injuries, I guess, yes, you can kind of be injury prone. I, I, I think we need to give it a little bit more time before we say, you know, man, this guy is completely injury prone. You know, he's never going to stay healthy um, for a full season. I can't even think of somebody that did that. Um, I'm sure there's been maybe he, the next Dallas McPherson, you know, the, the guy who just never stayed healthy. But uh, for now, I, I say, I guess, Yes, he's been kind of injury prone because he's only be, 
has has he even played 200 games in two years with the Angels? No. Uh, but then again, he is a pitcher and he's been de-aging. So I guess, you know, he's been completely worth it. I don't know. Yes and no, I'll say. And I, I'd say to be determined. I think the problems he's had, he's had is mostly with the arm, you know, which we knew when the Angels signed him that would potentially be an issue. Patellar's congenital. It can obviously anything that's congenital can, can contribute to other things. So I'm going to put a TBD there for now. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to commit to saying he's injury prone, but you're not wrong if it's on your mind. You're not wrong. Can't well, hit. W R I S P. Can't hit with runners in scoring position. <laughs> goodbye clown. I wonder who he's saying goodbye clown to. Um, who was your favorite angel when you first became a fan of the team? Oh man. I'm going to roll with Jared first on this one. Um, I I give it a Troy Gloss action. Big Troy Gloss fan. Uh, War 25 in Little League. Actually, fun fact, War number 9 my first year for Paul Correa in the Anaheim Ducks. Big Ducks fan here. Uh, but then we move into Troy Gloss. Uh, I think I, I give it Troy Gloss or uh, Jared Washburn. You know, those two are probably my two favorite players. John? Me? Okay. I mean, I guess I go, you know, because I, I have already confessed on this on this show that I was a Yankee fan. Uh, I, I When I would go to the park, I certainly enjoyed seeing Rod Carew. Wally World was hot. But Wally Joyner was just was fun. Wally World. Uh, do I sound like a fan guy yet? Jim Abbott, another guy. I mean, I guess I could run on a few guys. Jim Abbott was is a very inspirational guy. And I did enjoy watching him. And finally, I'll say Jared Weaver because he's I'm from Long Beach and I didn't go to Long Beach State like he's he's a dirt bag. So I, I remember enjoying uh, Jared. And, and, and I also enjoyed that Jared took a hometown discount to stay with us. I'll know uh, doesn't happen as much these days. I well, can't wait to hear yours. I can't wait I to hear know yours. Who mine is? <laughs> I know who yours is. <laughs> I'll tweet a picture right now. Bobby Gritch. Got for, it. I mean, that's his baseball card, and that's was very simple for an impressionable kid. The Bobby Gritch card. That's the one that got me. The um, that's when that got me to be an Angels fan. That's for. I have two dream interviews. As. Uh, the guy who covers the team. My two dream interviews would be Tim Salmon, um, who I grew up admiring for many reasons, including his faith. And then there was Bobby Gritch, the person who, to me, was Mr. Angel for, at that point in life. And, and uh, hopefully I'll score one of them one day. You know, that's my dream interview. You know, Tim's hard to catch, man. Hard, hard to, to try and... <laughs> To, to uh, find communication. Well, the good the good news, both of them are very active in the Angels organization. Yeah, and, I know. I get it, but that's how gotta, I that, that's how I ran into uh, to Bobby Gritch last spring. He was sure. there, and I just walked. I was like, "Hey, Bobby!" And, and he said he know, was there as like a specialist consultant or something. I don't know what he was doing. It's, it's not so easy, you know. It's not so easy. We'll we'll see one day. Hopefully, maybe one maybe one day they'll listen to the podcast. Maybe they'll hear this episode and say, "Ah." Oh, you know what? Let's go ahead and make that happen. <laughs> That's the fan of me. The journalist in me obviously wants to talk to them for different reasons. But, you know, the fan of me that I don't let out quite so easily. Th- those are my two dream interviews. All right. So NM Baseball 52. Thoughts on the Angels coaching staff and who might be brought back, not brought back, and added to the staff next season? I got punked yesterday. I don't pay attention. I don't pay attention to the blue checks, but I don't see any. I don't know. Do you? I, I I'm not that good on that. Familiar on the. Uh, I know we because we just changed out some some uh, coaches and we got a brand new coach. I see the same staff. I see Billy throwing the dice and saying this was a just a, a this was just a, a one off. This season was just you can't even count this season and just throw the dice and go with the same. I. Uh, the same, the same guys, the same guys. Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm hearing from you? The same staff? Yeah. 
Yeah, you talking about Brad Osmus and yeah, I know, I do. Why, why would you? Why would you switch it up after one year? You can't judge this year by you. I mean, you can. I mean, I get assassinated for that, but I don't <laughs> think you can judge them on this. I don't think you can judge them on this season. It's not fair. It, it's I think not a lot of fair. things aren't fair. I think Osmus, the judgment on Osmus is not fair. Some people want to hold Detroit against him, even though he's managing completely different than he managed in Detroit. Uh, I think there's a lot of things there that concern. But I want to get Jared's thoughts, especially. Me too. Jared? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I don't see any. I mean, it's hard to, like, for me, I look at it as, like, or almost like an NCAA football type of thing. Like, you got to give got to give some guys some years i mean look at think about how long did how long did they give mike social i mean social i mean social was a fantastic manager in my opinion uh and they, he got the you know the raw end of the straw and i think he he goes in the hall of fame at some point as an angel skipper but uh, besides the point uh i i don't think that you know they change anything up i mean if you want to get garrett cole you have you have doug white the old bullpen coach you know max stassi as well um, behind the plate, so I just don't I don't see him changing anybody um, unless you know the coaches decide to leave on their own. I don't see Osmus going anywhere, um, especially after one year, um, and especially after this year. You know, it just it's so hard to judge after, especially after what a year this this has been. Yeah, I think the I think I you know I'm talking with a couple folks about in particular particularly Doug White. And the impact he's had in the staff, you don't really see all the results now. I think that's what I'm getting. You don't see the results quite yet with him. That, but the things are happening behind the scenes. I want to believe that in terms of the future. But what we're really seeing to me, and part of it is the fact you're bringing kids up too early right now. But we haven't really, we haven't really seen a whole lot of development once they get to the major league level. So something's wrong once they get to the big boys. And that needs to be solved. If Alice is not the problem, if White's not the problem, you got to find that problem and dig it out. And I'm since I'm not in the clubhouse to make that call, it's not fair for me to say, well, they should be firing this guy, they should be getting this guy. But this organization does need to do some soul-searching right now because you're seeing these guys move through the system pretty quickly, and then they get to the majors, and they're not really showing that they're learning anything. In particular, yeah, I mean, particular pitching. The young pitching, anyways. Doesn't mean they're not learning anything, but what's being shown, I want to stress that because people are going to say that I'm being too hard on them. I'm just saying, listen, what you, the, the numbers you're seeing, the outings out there, the pitching, you're not seeing growth. Doesn't mean it's not happening, but the evidence isn't there yet. So I'm apprehensive to make that call. I'm gonna I'm gonna punt on this one, guys. I don't I don't have an answer. I think the logical answer is, is you don't punt on fi- you know you don't fire the team, um, but I mean sorry you don't fire the coaching team. But I, I just I yeah, I'm flustered now. I, I don't have the right answer for you. I wish I did. Anybody want to kind of? So I, I don't think there is a right answer. Yeah, I, I think we all agree. Like there's really nothing. I we can't pinpoint who to point a finger at. I mean, people talk about the training staff too, like the you know as far as as far as the injuries. Um, but I mean, I, I, I can't I can't specific. I said on this season, I really just give this season a I give this season a pass. I do. I gave it a pass several months ago. I mean, I did, yeah. But you still want to see certain development, like the, you and I think really knew. When we started the podcast, we looked at that schedule in August and said, okay, they're in trouble. We did. We, did we not? Mm-hmm. You can go back and listen to little episodes. It's yes, not you that. did. It is the development side of things. You know, are you maturing as a baseball player? And that's the big one to me. Um, well, we got to move are, on with kind, for a while. You're kind, just real quick, you're kind of referencing what we when we talked with uh, Cleveland, right? About well, the the primitiveness of our of the well, no, that, I'm, I'm more along the lines of even now, like we're not seeing right now a whole lot of improvement from the guys when they come up. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just staying where they are, and that's not necessarily their fault either. A lot of these guys should not have been up this year. It wasn't their time. 
You could say, well, they were called too early. That's fine. But you're also a professional. At some point, you, you, need to, you need to pick it up. So what's going on? Do I make sense, Jared? Oh, no, definitely. For for me, I look at it, I mean, I've watched a lot of these guys, and this is kind of like, I, I tweeted it out when Walsh hit his first home, and I, you know, I said, this is, Walsh was one of the first guys that I that I covered in the minor leagues uh, down in the Inland Empire. He was one of the first guys, you know, that I was able to watch, and it's cool to see, you know, him hit that first home run. Um, but also, at the same time, I mean, how much are you, do you expect out of some of these guys? I mean, yes, Matt Thice was a first rounder and he hit really well in AAA. Um, you know, but I, what is he going to do at the major league level for you? I mean, he's probably at best maybe 250, 260 batter or hitter, um, 330 to 350 on base percentage. He'll hit you 20, 25 doubles, 10, 15 home runs. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I mean, how, how much do you guys really expect out of some of these guys? I mean, Griffin Canning. He's he was a he's one of the you know best players, best pitchers, and uh, he probably was the best pitcher and pitching prospect in the Angels organization at the time. And he came up and did what he's supposed to do. He got injured, unfortunately, but he uh, he came up and he was pitching. He was pitching pretty well. Um, same thing with like Luis Renifo. I mean, he's he's been playing pretty well, especially. Or I mean, you you traded CJ Crone for Luis Renifo, and you're expecting now Luis Renifo or Griffin Canning or Matt Thice or Jared Walsh or you know all these guys to be you know the next coming of Jesus, the next Mike Trout, and this isn't what they are in my opinion. I mean, a lot of these guys are going to be you know really good role players uh, that you know. So yeah, you, you can't expect too much out of these guys. It's, but uh, but I mean like Ty Buttry has he's been good he's had a good year this year if you take away his last month that he's had or month and a half I guess he's had a really good year um, so I mean it's just it's just kind of one of those things where I think sometimes the fans are expecting just a little bit too much out of these guys to come up and produce and be you know like Mike Trout you know I think that fans were given the luxury of Mike Trout being literally Babe Ruth. <laughs> as a 20, 20 21 year old and you know it's just it's not that's not something that's going to happen like even with joe adele he's going to come up and he's gonna he's gonna probably struggle a little bit you know it's just one of those things um so it's it's something that for me i don't expect too much out of these rookies you know if they exceed my expectations then i am more than happy to say you know wow this guy has been a lot better than i than i expected and I, I said that about fletcher too he's been a lot better than i expected but i think sometimes the fans are expecting a little bit too much out of these young guys and you know you just got to kind of take a step back and realize like jesus uh, or jose suarez is only 21 years old he's got a lot of time to grow well are you saying that i'm expecting too much of him awkward silence hello Jerry? sorry sorry did, did i lose I, you kind of cut out there my bad <laughs> <laughs> say it again. Say it again. Sorry. I, sorry. I asked you. you know, are are you saying that I'm expecting too much out of them? I not. I mean, I think everybody is. Honestly, I mean, I, I don't think like for me, Luis Renifo putting up. And I'm going to go analytical on you guys here. He put up. He's put up a 1.3 WAR this year. Um, he's been better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Eloy Jimenez, who were top, two of the top prospects in baseball this year. Um, so I mean. If, if you look at that side of, you know, a value and all that fun stuff, I know war isn't everything to some people, but he's been better than both those guys. So in my opinion, you know, Luis Renifo has been a nice, nice little surprise for the Angels, especially for what he's gotten. Um, so, yes, I, I, you know, I do think sometimes the fans get a little bit too, you know, you know, where's the next Mike Trout coming out of, you know, or where's the next, you know, where are all these guys that are going to, you know, the old, the good old days when Salmon came up and Anderson and they, they produce from the minors so much, and they had all these great players. So, you know, I just think sometimes you got to take a little step back, and you know, I think they've done pretty well with development. You know, none unless your name's you know Jose Suarez, who's been not great this year. Everybody else's Matt Thice hasn't had you know the year up. He's only played in forty games, but still, I mean, it, I think that the rookies that have come up this year have done done perfectly fine in my opinion they've been rookies <laughs> see, see as a fan when i started this podcast and i'm not going to say that i mean i've definitely got a little more knowledge thanks to Derek, and now thanks to you uh but you know i looked at you know last year i i hated i hated our bullpen and i and i and i would have hated our bullpen this year if i hadn't 
been doing this podcast because I wouldn't have recognized how this opener and then this then them closing and all and how often they come in and how often they pitch and how often they you know they, it's in how overworked they've been this season to and which is part of the cause of why you know they their numbers you look at them and so I just I you know I don't think a fan the average fan and I me being that average fan looks at the the actual details of because Trent Rush on the post game show he praised the bullpen last year and he praised the bullpen this year and now I understand it more but now and then they've added this new dynamic of using them as openers which is you know so I just think there's a lot of things that people just you know I don't know I always I always use the you know. Uh, chicks love the long ball, you know, the the home run. We all like the home run. We all like the hits. We all, you know, and it's a lot of things go unnoticed um, by the average fan, which causes them to say, you know, fire Osmus, fire Epler, already sell the team. I just disagree um, with Jared a little bit here. And that is that in that you, I don't expect the world from the rookies. All I expect you to do is to improve. I need to see improvement. If it's late in the season and you're making the same mistakes you made in March, then I have questions. I don't expect you to go out there and hit 40 home runs, drive 110 runs. I don't expect you to be a 300 hitter or a 280 hitter. I just expect, If you came up and you're hitting 240, um, I expect you to, on minor league pitching, I expect you to be able to handle, you know, to to, stru- to struggle. If you're hitting 280 in the minors, I'm expecting you to hit 240, 235, whatever, in the majors as you're adjusting the pitching. If you're coming up and you haven't, and you're not figuring anything out after four yeah, months. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally. You totally what? I, I, no, I totally, I totally agree with you there. I totally get where you're, you're coming at um, with that. Uh, you know, but I, for, for me, you know, I don't, as, as a rookie, unless you're, you know, a, a top prospect in, in ways, you know, I don't expect all that much out of you. Um, same thing with like guys that, I mean, people that I got on, you know, um, Jose Suarez, like, oh, he was one of the best, you know, guys that were supposed to come up for, uh, the angels this year and everything. And, you know, for me, like I've watched him, I don't think he's much more than a four, three, three starter at best, maybe a four starter or five starter, you know? So that's like that's that's where I'm at, you know. I set I'm not saying that I set my bar low, but you know I don't you know I don't expect too much out of uh, some, some of these guys. So that's that's just my two cents on that. All right. Well, before we beat that dead horse, Kevin K. Victor, if managers could accumulate war, where would Alsace be as the angel skipper? I, I love this one. I've I've done this. We did this. Bef- I've I've done this before, um, with like a lot of the, a lot of the managers around the league. I did it last year, and I'll start it and say for me, like Mike Sosha was, you know, in the top ten in WAR for me. Um, then you jump ahead now to Brad Osmus, and when you look at WAR, it's it's tough for me to say. I mean, he's. I'd say he's probably, you know, with everything that's gone on this year, slightly above league, league average. So, I mean, if I were to give him, you know, like a one point, you know, 1.0 war, I wouldn't be too upset. Maybe in like the 0.5 to 1.0 war, you know, um, it's it's a tough thing to really calculate because you can't really, you know, measure manager mistakes and stuff like that. There just hasn't been out there yet. Um, I'm going to say I have no freaking clue how he could, I mean, to me, the wins you got are the wins you got because you're the manager. You're there for all of it. So I'm not even sure how you would calculate war for him this year. I mean, I think it's impossible to even accurately to calculate for him because Alice was not even really given a fair shot from the beginning. If we're, if we're honest. And doesn't Osmus? He, he uses more. He uses more of a system, whereas Sosha was more of a gut manager. Um, so I don't. I don't. You, I mean, don't you think that? Do you think Brad has got total autonomy on what decisions he makes? 
Do I think that? No. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. So, do you think Sosha did? I think he. I think he mostly did, and that's another. That's yeah. Probably why he's gone because it got to the point where him having a Tommy was no longer viable. Mm-hmm. Jared, am I, am I right or wrong there? I think that managers nowadays are very good puppets in a way. You know, they're told what to do. They're kind of. I mean, if you've seen Moneyball at all, I think that that's a really good starting point. Um, I think it's gone a little bit farther than the movie Moneyball now. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where managers are starting to become very smart puppets, I guess, in a way. Um, they do have their own say. I'll say that. You know, it's not you know, it's not everybody um, that's like that, but they uh, they don't have as much say as they used to. Computers play a huge factor. Computers are big now. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so we have two questions left. I want to save. <laughs> I see one here. I want to save one for Sunday night um, because it's actually like three questions in one. Uh, so we'll save that for Sunday. But we have one to finish things off. Taylor Blake Ward for Lockdown Angels says, "Which Spice Girl sings Ziggy Ziggy Ah?" And John, who who says it? I have a 15 and a 20 year old. You want to go? You want to go Taylor Swift? You want to go Hannah Montana? You want to? I'll go there with you. But uh, Spice Girls a little before my time. Dude, you're older than me. They're not before your time. They're up. What are you talking about? Okay, I'll say. Uh, I'll say Scary Spice. There's my answer. Final answer. Scary Spice. <laughs> you might be right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, Jared? I I don't know who are the Spice Girls. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I am not I'm not too sure about this one. It's this this is actually I feel like it's actually beyond my time. Like I'm not too sure on this. Um though I will say this, I hope if Taylor's listening, he will be getting some type of question on his Sunday night Q and A. And I hope appears on his appears on his podcast as well because he will uh, he will be getting something from me. I'll let you know that right now. Let's start thinking it up right now. <laughs> um, I have the foggiest. Why would he do that to us? I have no idea. But well, I hope he answers us to see if I was right because I said I, uh, scary spice. They I all scare, scare me, man. I mean, just to be honest, they all scare me. Posh all spice. Right. That's another one. That's Posh. Mrs. Beckham. That's Miss Beckham. Maybe. No, it is. I know that for sure. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, well, you know, I think, don't they have a documentary? I don't know. Oh, they have a movie, I think. Yeah. A movie? Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. Okay. So, actually, folks, this is, you know, I know it's a little bit disjointed at times with a, we're not going to add this one. I'm back in school, back working between dealing with the injury and getting to school. Editing's going to go. So you're going to have a couple pauses that are weird here. Jared disappears a couple times. I think I think he kind of has like a, a teleport. I think he's Nightcrawler. He disappears and comes back. Um, so apologize if the if the editing quality is not as normal because we didn't really edit this time. We're going to get this thing out for you. And hopefully the conversation itself was worth the listen yeah, we did cover a lot tonight, a lot more than I thought we would. I thought we went a lot deeper than I thought we would. But I hope you enjoy it. Just to give you the word, though, find John tomorrow at the game if you want to grab a card from him and get one of our Talking Angels cards just to say, hey, because John wants to meet everybody. John is a social butterfly. Jared, on the <laughs> other hand, likes to hide a little bit. But, you know, you, t- you if you go to the game, Jared, you, you guys should meet up, you know, get a couple yeah. of my, my wife, home. yeah, I'll talk to my wife on the way to the game about uh, Jared's opinion of David Fletcher. <laughs> sure. I, I may, I may not find you then. I may not come and find you. Just for the record, my wife has already paid for and signed up for an auto, a David Fletcher autograph session that we're going to be going to. <laughs> okay, that's, that's and she's going to have him sign her. She's going to have him sign his LM because my wife went to Loyola Marymount University and David Fletcher went to Loyola Marymount University. She's going to have him sign her uh, Loyola Marymount hat for her. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that's, that's a good. That's a good thing to get. I love the like, love the college autograph stuff. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. She she's got she's a good sport, but I don't know. She won't she she won't agree with your opinion on that one. 
But yes, definitely at the game. I'll, I will. I will. I will tweet and and post on Facebook that I'm at the game. All right. So all that in mind, folks. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Talking Halos. You can search Facebook. We have the Talking Halos group and the Talking Halos page. Find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. Find John at Jace Crane John. You can find Jared at Jared underscore Tim's. Jared has lots of work on Diamond Digest. You should start writing more, Jared. Write more. Good gosh. Okay, I will. <laughs> you sound so unsure of yourself right now. Okay, I will. Why he just called me out like that? And you can find us on Spreaker, Apple, all those places for John and Jared. Fun podcast tonight, guys. Have a great one. We'll see you Sunday night. We're out of here. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.